back to the podcast, episode 31. As always, you're here with Hoop, Zany, and the infamous ZZ Huncho. And once again, we're joined by the founder of Basketball Forever, Alex. Um, How's it going? I'm doing well. Uh, you're here to tell us stories about interactions you've had with NBA players as someone who runs a huge media company. I'm sure there's plenty. But first, we'd like to interrogate you about a post coming from your Instagram page that we're not exactly happy with. Uh, Zane, take it away, please. Now, I love how Hoop said we, but I want you to put the emphasis on the me here, Alex, okay? Me and you are going to have a little sit-down about this post. And for the first time, it's not about Westbrook. It's not about Westbrook. I already assumed it was. Believe believe it or not. So, Basketball Forever released their list for their top 10 MVP candidates. And for you Spotify listeners and you don't see my background, I have Oklahoma gear all around me. I'm going to name off the list real quick. We have Giannis at one, Luka at two, Tatum at three, Donovan Mitchell at four, Jokic at five, Stephen Curry at six, Devin Booker at seven, Tyrese Halliburton at eight, John Morant at nine, and Sabonis at ten. There is a name missing from this top ten list, Alex, that I am I'm very disappointed in here, okay? I don't know how we're putting Sabonis over Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I don't believe we should be putting John Morant over Shea Gilgis-Alexander if we're speaking in terms of this season. I don't think we should be putting... Although Tyrese Halliburton, as of recently, has been doing very well. This post was not made last night. I I think it was the day before or the day after that. And and I still think Shea is in the top 10 discussion. So I want to hear from your perspective. Why is Shea not in your top 10 MVP race? All right. So I'll, I'll explain to you how we sort of think about these lists, right? So there's a couple of factors that we that, that come into consideration and all of them are basically, it's just a culmination of all of the selection criteria for MVPs in the past. So we take all of those uh, and, and we like, we plot it on a chart and then we work out who's falling into that category and who's not. Now, Shay ticks almost every single box. The problem with Shea, though, is that being a 12th seed, uh, it, it, it almost like completely eliminates you from, from top 10 contention. Like even, the, even Sabonis, who made the top 10, that's um, uh, the Kings are a sixth seed right now in the West. Um, and, and, and Sabonis has like a, a, 20, uh, a 22 uh, PER rating. He has the most win shares on that team, win shares per 48 minutes, and his efficiency rating is like completely through the roof. Um, he leads the team in offensive and defensive win shares. So from, from that perspective, you know, you, you basically, he, he's almost contributing, he, he is actually statistically contributing to more wins than De'Aaron Fox is, although it's really, really close. Um, he's got Sabonis right now has the same PER rating more or less that Derek Rose had in his MVP season. So on those factors uh, alone, that's the only reason Sabonis cracked the top 10. I didn't want to put him there. The stats led me there. The record led me there. Shea should be there 100%, but you can't do that when you're below 500. So I... Uh... I agree Sabonis is the best player on the Kings right now. I watched the game versus the Pacers last night, and he just changed the entire scope of the offense when he's on the court. He has that Jokic effect when he initiates from the top of the key. They got cutters running around. He plays a Draymond-type role where Carter will run down off a pin down. He's throwing bounce passes. like It's a very similar because Mike Brown was obviously the Warriors' assistant. Uh, He's implementing him like that. My issue with the list is I see guys like Donovan Mitchell high. Uh, yeah. And Devin Booker, not as high. Uh, mm-hmm. Mitchell's at four, Booker at seven. We have Luka at two, Steph at six. Luka is at two with a record of 500. The mm-hmm. only two MVPs who won with a team record of under 10 games over 500 was Bob Pettit in 1956 and Kareem mm-hmm. Abdul-Jabbar in 1976. Everyone mm-hmm. else was at least 11 games above 500. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about predictions, you, like you predict the maps are going to get better, that's one thing. If we're talking power rankings right now, I cannot have Luca that high and then Steph that low. They're both 500. They're both having immaculate seasons. 
I don't see the separation there. It's one thing if you're predicting that they're going to get better and have Luka close to Steph. But when one's two and one's six and they're both 500, both putting up crazy seasons, I don't understand the, the inconsistency there. So the difference is that uh, Luke is also based on like the historical nature of the season he's having. So we it, it, we don't do it based on um, we don't do it based on like wins, uh, wins and loss. It's it's actually based on, truly on just seeding, um, and then uh, you know where where like the the traje- trajectory that the team is on. So I understand your point, and I agree that on the on the basis of how like the Mavs are performing. Uh, you know, Luca probably won't end up being you know MVP if it continues like on on this trend. But like statistically speaking, no one's having a more monumental season. Like this falls into the category of a Russell Westbrook MVP season. Um, it's 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 going to end up being on that level, PR wise, uh, win share wise. No one will have done more with less. Luca's completely capable of having a 30 10 and 10 season this year probably even even better even better uh he, he, you know like you know if he doesn't flame out um it, it could be it could be historic i think he's had what three 40 point triple doubles this season already and the rest of the leagues had none um uh, the the Mavs are just like on his shoulders right now, and we're we're actually doing a really interesting podcast episode on 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 the Mavs and and how to create sort of, a, you know, how they should approach a championship DNA um, for the upcoming off season and, and the next couple of years. But yeah, I he is it too. We honestly debated a lot. Like we thought that he could even go lower. Like Jason Tatum uh, should should be higher than him. It was it, it was just really hard, and I think we did it. And then, of course, like Matt, uh, Luca torched Stephen Curry and the Warriors, um, like the former defending champs. Like narratives do come into play in these lists because at the end of the day, the media who are voting and who are making these decisions, narratives come into play for them, and we're focusing on the narratives that we know move the needle with their selection and voting process. Like. Um, in in the past, there's been times when, I mean, like look, like think of the fact that you've got Tyson Chandler, who as a defensive player of the year, despite not being top ten in any defensive category for the season that he won it, and not even being all defensive first team. That's he on the basis. He was just a dog. He was yeah, just but, a dog. <laughs> yeah, but he was given that award because it was like a it's almost like a legacy award for what he did, what he contributed defensively yes. to the Mavs the previous season. And that he really was a, a huge factor in them winning that championship, and it was kind of him getting his dues. And the fact that the Knicks then went became a playoff team uh, and like elevated defensively with him there, but he wasn't like solely responsible. And there was nothing about what he was doing on an individual basis that that sort of put him in that conversation. Being second team, that's like a bit embarrassing that you give that guy the the defensive player of the year award. But again, that's a narrative that came into consideration and we we use that same type of like caliber of narrative when thinking about these lists too like lucas still top three on basketball references probability for mvp and the nba when they release their next ladder they're going to have him top three to two as well they have so, a number one there you go like that's they have number one that's i mean we all these things they get all poured into the mixing pot for like our version of the list which we think is just a slightly more conservative and reasonable version of everybody else's. So my thing is, That's understandable. Is like when I, when I'm looking at this list and when I, when I did look at it, I sent this immediately to the two of them and I'm going to read, as a matter of fact, I'm going to read you exactly what each person said. I sent the list and I said, that's actually wild. And when I said that they knew what I was talking about, mm-hmm. I was talking about Shay. So uh, they asked, so Saini's, you know, sitting there like, you know, justice for Shay. I'm like kind of justice for Shay because right after I sent them the list, I sent them the records of the Mavericks and the Thunder at the time that y'all made the post. And I kid you not, Mm. the Mavericks were ninth and the Thunder were 10th. So my thoughts were, if, if we're running off of like, if we're not running off of wins, then where's SGA at? But you just explained it. It's narrative driven. So my thing with Luca, right? Luca's had low key the same narrative for the past like four years. That narrative being get Luca some help, 
And if he doesn't get help, watch him drop 40 in the playoffs and eventually fall short, right? So Jason Tatum, if we're mm-hmm. talking about narratives, if we're talking about narratives, Tatum just lost in the finals. St. Kobe attacks, rah, 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 it didn't work out, boom, boom. The Celtics lost EMAU dumbass, and now they're at the top of the East. Still, Tatum's averaging 32, 5, and 8, 49% from the field, best record in the league, fresh off of a loss in the finals. The Celtics are looking to get back. So in my opinion, I think that Tatum kind of, his narrative kind of makes a little bit more sense in terms of trajectory and projection wise compared to Luca's, not only because Luca's in the West and he's just, he just hit 500, but Tatum's already got the best record in the league. So would, would you put Tatum number one if you like based off of that, or are you keeping him at three? Because like, why basically we, this was a like a huge discussion. Like we seriously, we labored over it. We, we, we think that Tatum deserves like one or two spot. We, mm-hmm. we, the only, like yeah, we, we put, we had to put Giannis number one because at the end of the day, like what he does on the court and like how he dominates is just like out of this worldly and the bucks with him playing are just like an exceptional team. I, I personally believe that if the bucks and the, the Celtics went up against each other at full strength uh, during these, this year's playoffs. I I believe the Bucks would probably win a title and beat and beat them. That's my personal opinion. You know, we'll see how it goes though. I, I love the zone that they're in right now. Um, the Celtics are obviously amazing too. And like you said, you just gave Tatum's numbers. The dude's unbelievable. At the end of the day, the NBA still. So the last I don't know about in the U.S. But I'm sure it's like all standardized. But over the last three years, uh, Tate, um, Luca has entered into the NBA season as being the MVP favorite for three seasons. So that historically ends up becoming relevant because at the end of the day, you to be a favorite for the MVP, coming into the MVP race uh, for multiple years in a row, they end up giving it to that guy eventually. Like that guy eventually gets the award. They because they just they tr- it it dictates that narrative that they're trying to push. They want this guy to be an MVP, uh, and they'll find a way to give it to him. Uh, the same way that Russell Westbrook was a favorite. Like it's it's just the it's the exact same sort of um, uh, skeleton uh, of of the like selection process. Uh, and we just can't like I can't ignore that. Like I can see even the fact that the NBA put their list out and they put him as number one. I don't think he's number one. I think number one's too high for him to, with how like the Mavs are going. Um, but you know that is just like you know part of the, the 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 process for us when you know putting them on the ladder. If I was to like do a different ladder that we that wasn't like the MVP ladder, but just like the best player ladder or something. Uh, or just like who we think without all of the noise, I would put Luca more at like five, maybe. Uh, and I think it would be number one, Giannis, number two, Jason Tatum. I think Shea is like sixth or seventh. Definitely, like even seventh is like too low. Like right now, there's an argument that he's like a top five player in the league. Um, so like... I, I, it's, it's more about for us, we have to take all those other things into consideration when doing the rankings than just like what they're doing on the court. Because at the end of the day, the award's never really truly been just given out for what anyone does on the court. So you're, you're mentioning your criteria now. We've been very critical of it for the last 10 or 15 minutes. We got to give our list. Um, mm, so you guys go for so it. You can hear what's I'm, running I'm, through our minds. Um, right. Would anyone like to go first? We get it. We did our top five. I can okay. start. I'll, I'll give my top five. Um, so at the fifth spot, I have Curry. Um, this is as of right now. MVP rankings as of right now. At number five, I have Curry. At number four, I have Luca. At number three, I have Jokic. At number two, I have Giannis. And at number one, I have Jason Tatum. Now, there's a reason I have Jason Tatum at one. We can dig deep Wait, into do we, it. Do we want to do that? Or should we just give them all off and then we'll... we'll we can just give them all off. We can just give them all off. Z, go for it. You want it's my turn next? Yes. All right. At five, 
I have a toss-up between Steph, Luca, and Donovan Mitchell. Either, either you know, no, 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 no. Pick care. one. You got to pick one. Why do I have Come to on, pick dog. one? Pick one. Fine, I'll pick yes, Luca right now. Luca, Luca right now. Fine. Great right, play. All right, all right. Got Okay. Four. Devin Booker. We'll get into it later. Three. Nikola Jokic. Okay. Two. Giannis Antetokounmpo. And number one, Jason Tatum. Wow. So that's you know two. Jason Tatum's number one. You know what's crazy is I have. Luca five, Booker four, Jokic three, Giannis two, Tatum one. Wow. Yo, so isn't that crazy? I never, I never thought I'd be I that think, close to Z. I never thought I, I'd be that close to Z. That's I crazy. think um, I understand. I'm not gonna lie. I understand. I understand your guys's perspective of Devin Booker, um, but I think I take Curry over him personally. And Curry's on my list, and he's not in any of your guys's list because Curry. Numbers-wise, he's on pace to go 50, 40, 90 again, averaging mm. the numbers he is averaging. He's playing, if not better, than the level he was playing during his unanimous MVP season. I think Devin Booker has had a good five-game stretch, for sure. But mm. like I, men I mentioned this to Hoop and Z, Alex, I'll mention it to you. I don't have the exact numbers, but I can go do the math again. Um, through his last five games, when he broke up with Kendall Jenner, that's when he started turning up, like when him and Kendall Jenner broke up, because, you know, the Jenner curse He's is real. Lying. The Kardashian He's curse is real. Lying. Kids, watch out when you're older, okay? Um, Devin Booker's averages when he started to turn up are almost identical to, if not a little bit worse, than Curry's and Luka's. But it's a fact that Curry and Luka have been doing it all season, and I understand the Suns are in a better spot seeding-wise, but... I, I I don't want to look at seeding yet because I think it's still early in the season. Well, I think, well, for example, the, thing is, the Warriors, he, like, for example, the Warriors had a rough start to the season. Um, guys like Klay Thompson weren't showing up. Guys like Draymond Green were playing like trash. Like, that's not Steph's fault. And at the beginning of a season, mishaps happen. I still think the Warriors are going to end off top five in the in the West. I understand that. But with the power rankings, are we not saying the season ends today? Who are you giving it to? I thought that's what this was. Like that's I, why, I'm choosing that's my MVP rankings. No, 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 no. I agree. Like if it's ending right now, but I'm not taking seeding into consideration if it's ending right now because there's such a small like. The, the, I'm not the, taking seeding into consideration. I'm doing records because uh, also I'm, I'm not I'm I'm not doing records because teams are gonna have different schedules. Like for example, the Lakers. Well, people want to talk about how the Lakers are six and one in their last seven, that. six and two. They played that. the Spurs three times. A Blazers yeah. team without Lillard. Like it's a very when you play a full eighty-two games season, then you can understand that they've had the same level of competition and everybody's been through the same mud. Whatever, right? But when you do it, when you want to end off the MVP talk now, and you want it and. Records can be taken into account. For example, I'm not going to choose a guy from the Magic or the, the Rockets or whatever, a record that bad. But when, for example, the, the Jazz, they went down eight, nine seeds in, in the span of a week. How many games did they play in that week? Like the, the seeding is so close and it's so early in the season. I'm not taking the record that deeply yet. If you're in playoff contention... I'm considering you in my list if you're playing at that level. That's my I, criteria if we're ending it right now. Because, again, schedules are different. Teams are playing different teams. That, like, I don't know how many teams the Suns played that have a record under 500 compared to the Warriors or the, or the Mavericks, mm -hmm. if you understand what I'm trying to say. We can take record into consideration when it's the end of the season, 82 games, where everybody's played the same level of competition, and then I know like roughly what we're dealing with here, right? But I'm not going to take that too much into consideration. And I have Curry over Devin Booker only because while Devin Booker has had a great stretch and I think he's sixth for me, like he's just outside the MVP talks for me, he's not better than Luka or Steph. And that's right now. And I'm also predicting he's he won't be over them. A, I think no, no, no. But I mean MVP like his MVP case. case. Like he's not, he doesn't have a better case than Luka or Steph. Really? I, I that's think my that, opinion. As of right now? As of right now. Uh, the Suns are... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying the Suns without he's been doing this without Paul, without Johnson. Crowder the reason I don't night. have him higher is because I think Mikael Bridges right now, like he's he's going to go down as one of the best role players of all time. Mikael Bridges is a killer. Um, he is a killer. DeAndre, like, it's just it's a solid team. And while Devin Booker is the clear best player, um, that's I wouldn't push him over Jokic because I think Jokic does yeah, more for same. his team. Even though he's only averaging 23 a game, his shots are going down. He's averaging. He's doing that on 63% from 23 games. Yeah, and like 10 and 9, uh, leading the fourth best offense in the league with guys like KCP shooting 40% from three. They're nice shooters, but there's a reason they're that good. Like, Jokic just creates that much more, which is the reason I don't have Booker higher, because from a player perspective, I agree, he's not as talented. But for the but sake of the MVP case, if we're ending it right now, I am taking into account that the Suns are the first seed in the West without Chris Paul playing half the games, 
and whatnot, and Booker's still leading them. And if we're but talking I'm looking at like his last few games right now, I'm taking it. I, if you guys want to take into consideration, if you want to see Devin Booker as a player power rankings, I'm not going to argue it because he's right behind him. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the reason I take guys over over or Steph or Luca over him, um, and you guys bring up the fact how the Suns are doing so good. If you look at their recent games when Devin Booker started turning up, they've played some trash teams. The, the best team they played is the Kings, and that was two days ago, and they beat them uh, by five. Like it was like I'm, a win is a win. I'm not hating on it, but I'm just saying that was the mean, though, the, the highest level of. And the Kings are ten and nine. Teams, so. The Kings are ten and nine. But I'm just saying, like, like uh, one game came from the Pistons. Another game came from the Magic. They the played Hornets. Utah twice while Utah was, was falling off. It's like, that's what I'm looking at where it's like, that's why I don't like to take, like, records that deeply. I still I, obviously I, consider them. Uh-huh. But when we're at this point, I'm not going to take them as deep because look at the level of competition. The sure. exact same way, there's a narrative right now that the Lakers are going to be back into playoff, like, high playoff seating. They're doing so good. I, I don't know if you guys are seeing this because the Lakers are winning games now. They've played the Spurs, like, twice. A Blazers right. team without um, Dame. They blew a 17-point lead to the Pacers in the fourth quarter. Like they're not that that's not right. looking good to me. You're beating teams that you should be dominating and you're barely coming out with a victory. That's mm-hmm. not that's why I don't like to take records like that into consideration you know, where it's, it's like this stretch, this stretch the Lakers look good, so they're gonna look good for the rest of the season. It's the same narrative I'm gonna apply. This stretch Devin Booker looks good, so he's gonna look better than Luke and Steph for the rest of the season. Well, see, my that's why is, I don't like to take it. My deeper. thing is 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 the reason I put D book in mine right now is because like we talked about it before the show. For the past couple of years, the Phoenix Suns have literally been a laughing stock. And it's it's at their own faults, right? Giannis in the 2021 finals was absolutely Greek Jesus. And then they run into European Jesus or Slovenian Jesus in, in game seven last year, right? So they've they've had their fair shares of dealing with hate comments <clears throat> over the summer, like in, in their DMs and things of that nature. But I can't knock them for being the one seed in the West because they've been a constant top three team in the Western Conference. And we've talked about how inferior the Western Conference can be to the to the East, right? But when I look at Deep Book, another constant that we've said in the past couple of years is that the best player on this team is Devin Booker. He's averaging career highs across the board right now, shooting it at an elite clip, first in the West. He just dropped 51 and three quarters on the Bulls. And I agree, it is the Bulls, but it's still 51 and three quarters. So I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. And The reason why I I was struggling with my five, right? I just put Luka in there just for the sake of this podcast. The only reason I did that is because Luka and the Mavs just hit 500 against the Warriors and they beat the Warriors. So I'm going to give it to them for right now. Fine, take it. However, to Saini's point, the league right now, I don't know about y'all, but I have not seen the league like this before where there's so much like individual talent to the point where you're making cases for guys like SGA, even though his team's nine and thirteen. But you can see where the case and this is, is without, because he's like, averaging and right. playing games, which is you, nuts. But 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 the thing is, nuts. is that SGA is averaging thirty-one a game. How can you definitively say, yeah, nah, not a top ten MVP candidate? You're looking at the record, but it's like he's he's doing everything in his in his power. So I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. You got guys like KD who just dropped what what was it 45 on 79% shooting from the field. Like it's just just anybody has an MVP case nowadays. However, because of how talented the league has been so far in the first 20 games or so, I have to take record into account making this list because I mean Tatum's like we didn't expect this, so we didn't know what to look at from the Boston Celtics perspective going into the season. They lost their coach, they lost in the finals, all these things. Tatum's out here balling, they're at the best record in the league. Giannis, what were we going to expect from him? Well, Giannis is the best defender in the league. If not the best defender, then the best two-way player in the league. We know that. But he's averaging 31-12-6 on 55% shooting from the field. Give him his credit. Nikola Jokic, like like Hoop just said, 23 points per game. You would think, ah, damn, what's going on? Well, he's shooting 63%, and he has and he's averaging damn near uh, uh, 10 assists, damn near a triple-double. Second in the West. The, the Nuggets are second in the West. And then, and then I'm already talked about D book with Curry and Luca. It's literally a toss up. And if you wanted to put D Mitch in there at five, I can't really be mad at you because the Cavs are the third seed, if I'm not mistaken. And we, we didn't expect D Mitch to fit this well into this team. So, so early, but Hey, it's there. The point is, is that probably like you can list off eight players for an MVP ranking. I, I, and you have a case for each of them. And it's just because players are balling out of their mind this year to the point where, like Sandy said, we're looking at the projection aspect, 82 games compared to this sample size of 20 that we have. So I'm thinking to myself, well, the Suns are going to be straight. 
in the long run. The Bucks are going to be straight. The Celtics are going to be straight. The Warriors took some time, but I, they're going to be straight. And the Mavericks, that's the team that I'm like, mm, I, I, I just talked to who about this yesterday. I don't know if this, this Dallas Mavericks team is going to be good enough to get Luka back to the Western Conference Finals last year. Because the argument is get Luka some help, right? Last year, he had Jalen Brunson. In the first round, Jalen Brunson was incredible for the Mavericks, getting them a couple of wins without Luka. Now he's gone. A couple of years ago, they had Big Porgy, and now he's gone and balling in Washington. So Luka's left with right now is Christian Wood and Spencer Dinwiddie and a returning Tim Hardaway Jr. and, 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 and Jason Kidd as the coach, right? So it's like, what can this team do? I was talking to Hoop about it, and we both were like, somebody else is going to have to step up, whether that's Christian Wood, the young guy, coming off the bench or whatever the case may be, uh, even though he should be starting definitively, or, or Spencer Dinwiddie, right? You just, I just don't, I just don't look at this Maverick team, and I, and I, I can't look at them and just, and just be like, yeah, they can get, they can help Luke out when, when push comes to shove, backs against the wall. Luca needs to not average 45 for y'all to win. That, that seems like the same exact thing that's going to happen with this team currently constructed this year. So, the MVP case is literally just up in the air for me, but. Uh, it's it's a tough one, so I'm not I'm not mad at any of y'all's lists, especially hoops, because we're the same one. But Sandy, I, I I do see your point. However, I will say this: I think it's time to give guys like D Book his flowers. I, I mean, I that that's just how I'm feeling. I don't I don't disagree with that. Like I I like I can see the perspective of putting Devin Booker in the list, and it's not a bad take to not only I get we're doing it if the season ended now, but it's also not a bad take to assume that this is going to continue for the Phoenix Suns, the success. And at the end of the season, if Devin Booker looks like this and the Phoenix Suns has that same type of success, then I'm going to factor in that record more and be like, yeah, this should be top five. This is 100% top five. You're a number one seed and you're doing you're scoring at this level at this efficiency. That's ridiculous. I'll give him his flowers. But again, my I, I want to see if we're going to end the season now, I'm not going to factor in the record as much. Yeah, and you're, that's you go, you're right as well. Um, when you were talking about sort of like the talent pool in the league and the output from players today, like if you if you think about what the NBA was like 10 years ago, it, the I can't even it's unfathomable to see like the difference in not just pace, but like how people play and there's a lot of factors that go into that and I think you know one of the players and I, and I, who, who uh, like Russell Westbrook is an example he, he normalized like triple doubles like he changed the way that like fans in the NBA viewed triple doubles and I think he was partly responsible for changing the way the players play today uh, and how effective they can be and what like you know what production output can be like in 2010 and 11 season um, Kevin Durant led the league in scoring, and he averaged 27.7 points per game. This season, there are 10 players in the league averaging more than that, which is like uh, that Trey Young, Morant, Donovan Mitchell, Booker, KD, Shea, Giannis, Curry, Tatum, Luka, and uh, like five or six of those guys, um, or almost seven, are averaging over 30 a game. So it's just like... Like you said, to your point, it is so hard to really, particularly this early on, to to really make a clear cut sort of MVP list. And I think any every any player one through at least five or s even six on a top ten, there is like a legitimate argument for them to have the award. Yeah. So uh, we'd like to move on to the storytelling, but before we do that, I'd like to close with explaining briefly why I think the three of us have. Tatum over Giannis. I don't know if you guys took this into account, but I've seen Giannis shoot himself shoot himself in the foot uh, a couple of games this season. He's trying to force that three ball, force mid-range pull-ups. Played the Knicks the other night, and with about five minutes left, he had four fouls. Just got checked back in the game, and within 30 seconds, committed another foul. He had five, fouled out with like before he fouled out, he took a three with like. 20 seconds on the shot clock, you know, a dumb shot like that. I mean, one of them might have fell before, but it's it's Giannis. Um, mm. And another mid-range pull-up when he could be, you know, just not shooting himself in the foot because he's not a shooter. And especially, you should not be working on that skill during the, the closing time of a game when it's not effective. Um, so I think with Tatum, the Celtics just move, uh, are running a smoother ship right now. And I don't see him with any negative 
media attention whatsoever. With Giannis, you could see, oh, we shot two for 14 from the free throw line today. Like, I don't see any of that with Jason Tatum, uh, along with the fact that he hasn't won an MVP. If the Celtics have a crazy record, I could see them leaning him over Giannis, even though Giannis definitely has some MVP appeal since he hasn't won one in a while. Um, but that's what I wanted to end with on that. Uh, so I've heard a, a couple hints at an Eric Gordon run in. I'll let you just go. Um, but I, I am excited <laughs> to hear this stuff. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's been some if you crazy... Could just ex- explain like what, what you do exactly to the viewers and like how they got in touch with you and whatnot. Yeah. So obviously like, you know, publishing content now for the better part of sort of eight years, uh, I think over the last, uh, I would say since like 2015, we've probably done uh, something like 250 or 300 million uniques, as in people, um, over that time. Uh, so high volume of, of people that's reached. And, and obviously, you publish enough content, you have enough opinions, you say enough things, you're going to eventually like have, you know, run-ins. And, you know, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to have experiences where I've got to, you know, interact with players, go to games, behind the scenes, all sorts of stuff. And yeah, there's just been, uh, you know, obviously some some strange stories, some weird ones. Uh, uh, I've got an interesting one involving Stephen Curry, which I'll I'll get to as well. Uh, but yeah, I think when I think back to like all the exchanges that where I really feel like I was hard done by, the one that sticks out is Eric Gordon. So this was back when Eric Gordon was on the Rockets and he actually came out to Sydney for an ESPN event. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and he he showed up to like one of the street ball courts. Um, and I got like tipped off that he was going to be there and he's doing this event and it was going to be a three-point shootout with, uh, with kids. Um, and the idea is, like, if you could beat him in the three-point shootout, you won, like, $5,000. Um, and it was framed as, like, a competition. And I went into it expecting exactly that, right? So I go there. I meet Eric Gordon, cool guy. You know, there's a lot of people. There's probably, like, you know, several hundred people that are sort of surrounding this small court. And it was outdoors. And it was winter um, because it was, like, their summer. And it was so windy, like the wind was crazy. Uh, it just blowing the balls left, right, and center. Like you couldn't shoot properly. Like you would not, you would not want to be playing basketball on that court. And I kind of felt bad because like these kids were coming up, they were jacking threes, they're flying all over the place. Eric Gordon, he's obviously like a sharpshooter, right? Like you know, compared to like the average person you're going to run into, that man's going to drain threes on just about like any other human being. Um, and so he's like getting shots up, uh, and they're blowing all over the place and it makes it look like he's like shooting like trash. Right. But he's not, it's the wind. Anyway, I'm like, this is going to be like a content opportunity. Like I'm going to get some content for this. Cause like this, this could be cool. Cause it was all the way down to the finals. There's this guy, this like young kid, probably like a teenager. And then, um, Eric Gordon in the finals, this kid hit. 10 threes, which is a lot. Like, that's like, you know, in the amount of time, I think it was like 60 seconds or something like that or 30 seconds. I can't remember the time. But he hit 10 in the time, which was, you know, pretty impressive given the conditions. And Eric Gordon comes up and Eric Gordon goes like mamba, like clutch mode. Like he was, you know, hitting shots and he, they were flying, blowing all over the place, not splashing. And then he just like went into the zone. Like I, you could see the moment locked in. He like drains like the last four in the row in a row. And like the last shot went in at the last second of the clock for him to like get 11 or something. It was to get 11 to beat this kid. Um, and then he was like, you know, cheers and getting dapped up and all the rest. Anyway, I filmed the whole thing, uh, that whole exchange. And then at the end, that was it. Like the event was over in my mind. I thought this was a competition. I film it. I, I go home. 
and I like posted up on BF, like this thing on my phone and the video blew up. Like I didn't know how much people were going to like watching this video. It got like 1.2 million views that day. Um, and in the video, uh, I, the caption I used was like something along the lines of like Eric Gordon, like drains final shot to like, you know, win three point shootout against kid. Um, and, and, to stop him from like winning the prize money or some, sh- I can't remember what I said. This was so long ago, but it was like something like that. And I checked back a little bit later and Eric Gordon is fucking furious. He's like in, I, I've never seen an NBA player like get so in their feelings about it. Like he was in my DMS. He was in other accounts, DMS about us. He was in the comments section and he even went to the effort of creating his own video Because what actually happened, and I didn't know this, is when I went home and thought that this was the end, he had actually given the kid the check anyway. So it was kind of like he was like saying, you know, and getting the photo, he still won, gave him the check. And here I am kind of positioning the story like he owns this kid. like, uh, (laughs) And he was so mad because he thought that I'd like, I was fake news basically. He'd done me dirty. Like, I'll, I'll even tell, I'll read you like an example of what he said. Um, Eric Gordon destroys kids' hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so all how, that. How old boy. was he, by the way? How old was this kid? I think 16. That kid grew up um, to be Dante DiVincenzo. He's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, to all the La Podcast listeners, um, the one thing you should be taking from this is that Eric Gordon will not be guesting on the podcast, unfortunately. No, no, no. So <laughs> the story the goes deeper, though. Well, we already... The story goes deeper. Ah, uh, that's, that's kind of... That's crazy. That's actually crazy. I said to him, yo, no disrespect was intended at all. I'll repost your video with your permission. You know, uh, Jonathan, who was the kid that won had already shared the check, so didn't think there was any real confusion. Um, we all have mad love for you. Grateful you came to Sydney. Like, I was trying to be nice, right, and diffuse things. And he writes, we'll take down the video and post mine. And I was like, man, I already updated the cap. Like, I already clarified. Like, I went and made a comment. I updated the caption. I did everything because I, I, w- I felt bad that he felt like he'd been wronged. And he, he was just like, uh, I said there was like, you know, the nature of the video was not to blast or disrespect you. And he goes, then what was your your nature if you weren't there? And I was like, I was there. I filmed it. Like, I was there supporting you. And anyway, he was so mad, he left it on scene. And then he, like, posts, at Basketball Forever, don't ever disrespect me again like this. And what shared him, like... I'm on, the, I'm on his Instagram account right now. I'm trying to find the video. See if you can find it. It was from 20th of August, 2017. God. 2017. Um, and then, how's this, right? He goes into the WhatsApp group of the Houston Rockets team, and he basically tells the entire team that he's been the victim of, like, slander and fake news from us, and he got the entire Rockets team to block us on Instagram. That's And I did not realize this until we were doing a brand partnership with a shoe company at, and it was a James Harden shoe release. And we had to like post this video and tag him and it didn't let us tag him in the video. And I was, and I got, I got flamed because I go and write to the brand and I'm like, like, Hey, the, or the media agency or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, happy to put this up. Like, you know, really excited about the shoe drop just to let you know, I think James Harden has like deleted his Instagram and like, no, he hasn't. And I was like, oh, like, that's when I realized, like, oh, my gosh, this dude has blocked me because Eric Gordon told the entire fucking Houston Rockets <laughs> team to block us. And I went and started looking everyone up and I can't find any of these guys. I couldn't find the starting five anymore. Like eventually, like over time, a lot of them have unblocked us. I think James Harden still has us blocked. But what's crazy is of all the people that did not block us, Eric Gordon stayed like. Uh, like he he just left it because we were in his DMs at this point. So 
crazy weird stuff that is man. wild is this a uh this is a video right because i'm in august 2017 i see this like adidas uh was it a adidas event or was it i could have been or, or oh, i'm trying to find a video it, it i want like, to see this it was like an espn event. This was he very well right? like at this point you said this was yeah 2017 so 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 like I, I can only imagine like if if I were y'all if it was me personally me personally I can't take that level of disrespect so like if if I was if I was in charge I found I found the story you found it or it's yeah it? I'll yeah I'll read the caption check the caption of this post like this this shows you how rent free I was living at this point like have a look at this I just sent it to you that's crazy though the kid almost beat Prime Era Gordon in a shootout. Yeah. Yeah, where, where's the kid at? Like, is he getting signed or <laughs> what happened here? Did, did he grow up to be Josh Giddy? Because I have his jersey hung up right behind me. I don't... He's, he's, he's gone on to do, um, like, he actually started, like, a rap career, funnily enough. I, like, oh, stayed following no. him on Instagram, and I feel like we... I know. <laughs> you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that this man, was, this man was a 16-year-old shooting sensation? Oh, no, 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 not even Z. If you think about it, he could drop the craziest diss track on Eric he Gordon. He could. <laughs> He could. He could have. That's. Uh, oh man, he could have some crazy bar. Like I was sixteen and went ten for sixteen. Like, just some crazy. He could collab with the Kid Leroy. That would be incredible. Oh. Imagine the Kid Leroy. That's crazy. He says, he says, know the full story. Don't ever disrespect me like that. He's from Sydney, Australia. And then you guys said congratulations again. Yeah, well, like I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> At basketball vines at clutch points. This, <laughs> yeah. this this guy Michael on that post commented, "Never sweat, but just swat away the little buggers." Understanding and comprehension always befuddles the small-minded. Amy Amy J Love Ten <laughs> comments, "God bless you for devoting your time and giving your heart." Dot dot dot. Always a fan. Yeah, as though I wasn't there, like supporting him too. You know, like it. Yeah, it was crazy. That's hilarious, that's, man. That's yeah. The other crazy. thing is the 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 craziest story though, like the one that's like completely wild, was when I went to um, the All Star Game in 2016, and uh, I was there as media. So like when you have a media pass, it's 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 funny. It, all, it almost becomes a little bit of like an all access pass, like particularly at events like that. Um, and so I was, uh, I was there at the end, right? And I, this is the first like big event I'd ever been to as part of Basketball Forever. Um, so it was like a big deal, but I was also a huge noob. I didn't know what I was doing. And I go to the, it's like after the game, and that was a great game. Like it was, um, I mean, I just, I'd obviously seen like that crazy dunk contest with like Aaron Gordon and Levine that went, uh, Levine that went forever. Uh, we had the like that was Kobe's last All Star game. It was the one where like Curry hit that like half court shot at the very end. I'm not sure if you remember. Like it was it was so it was so much fun. And at the very end, like Curry's up on the and he was like MVP level Curry at this point. And he's up there at the press conference at the end, like addressing the media. And I'm just in the back, like I didn't even ask him any questions. I'm just there filming, getting stuck content on my phone. Um. And then the press conference ends, and I'm like, "All right, it's time to uh, like time to go." And they basically have multiple elevators, so they've got like elevators. Like there's like general public entrances and exits, and elevators. Then there's like an elevator for media, um, and like a special like access. And then there's like a specific elevator for players. So this is so like players can come and go and leave and do what they have to do. Um, without, uh, you know, without getting, like, you know, disturbed by the general public, essentially, or getting harassed. So everyone else is dressed like a media member, and I'm, it, like, it's in Toronto. It's, like, I'm not sure what this is in, like, Fahrenheit, but for, like, us, it was, like, 30 degrees below freezing. Uh, so it was, like, ice cold. Um, it was negative 30 de- Actually, no, I... I, I... I'm in Canada. I, I have the same weather. Continue, it was it was the it was the coldest it had ever been in Toronto uh, in like forty or fifty years or some crazy number. I remember. I remember that because my brother was living in Toronto at the time. I remember that. 
yeah, I, I was freezing my ass off. So I'm, but I'm dressed in like street clothes, right? Like puffer jacket. Like I just, and and I was like this young kid. I guess no one really cottoned on. I was wearing a beanie. I'm standing there. Everyone goes to leave. All the media go in the right direction. Me, not knowing what I was doing, goes the wrong way. And I'm standing there, and I'll give you like a photo I'll, so that you can like put it up on the screen because uh, I, I snapped one. But I'm standing at the player elevator, and I'm with Stephen Curry, Aisha, and and Riley as like a as a baby, uh, and his family, and it's just me and the family, and them st- standing together at this like private elevator, and like you know a body uh, basically like a insecurity, and then I'm kind of thinking. Hmm. I don't know if I'm supposed to be here or not. Like this, this doesn't feel right. Like I feel too close to the action here. Then we go into the elevator, um, and then I realize that like something was wrong because uh, the. Well, firstly, one of the craziest things was the elevator actually broke, so we got stuck in this elevator. And I'm standing in the elevator, and I'm with Curry. Like, th- think about this, right? You're standing in an elevator. I'm with Stephen Curry. I'm with Curry's family, and it's just me and them. And I felt like I was a part of the family. And I, what I realized is no one questioned who I was, and I, everyone in Curry's family thought that I was, like, somehow associated with some family member there. And security thought I was a part of his family because I had just, like, so casually, nonchalantly walked up and, like, been with them. So now I'm standing with the family, and I'm like, this is really surreal. And I'm like, I need to get a pic of this. And so I, I, I get my phone and I'm slyly trying to take like a Snapchat because I'm like, my friends, will, no one's going to believe this. I get a pic and it does the and the flash. I was about to say, was your ringer on? <laughs> I, I've never, I'm stuck in an elevator with oh them. Like the elevator gosh. broken and it was like stuck. I had never felt more mortified, but like thankfully Curry <laughs> didn't notice and neither did Aisha but Curry's uh, or no Curry's wife's sister was there and she gave me the devil eyes like she was she could tell at that point that I was not meant to be there and that like I was clearly just NPC. a complete random and so she tipped off and then the elevator starts going again it goes down to this basement and it was like this tunnel and you go outside and that was like a direct way to get into their suv and like leave at the end of the game they were going home and then we're getting ushered out and i'm realizing holy shit i'm about to get pushed into their car i'm going home with them like and then like the security then realized i think i don't know if like the sister told um the security or like tipped them off that I was like not meant to be there, but someone said something. They realized that like at, at a way too late stage that I wasn't supposed to be there, and they panicked. They pushed me up against the wall like with one arm, and was just like who, like basically interrogating me. When they realized that I was, and I they saw my media pass, and I was just a member of the media. They were like, they put me straight back on that elevator, straight back up, and like you know get like get the hell out of here type vibes. But yeah. That was uh, I, I almost went home for uh, almost went home for Thanksgiving, uh, like yeah, dinner. Sir. Almost, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I would have just said I was like, I yeah, yeah. I would have just said I was like head of security. That was then like <laughs> that was genuinely one of the that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I said I was anything, and they found out that I wasn't. That I'd never be allowed back. So I was like, I can't bullshit yeah. them. You said Bro. you walked up nonchalantly, the- <laughs> just like. Imagine they didn't find out who you were until Imagine they got home. Imagine if it home. was Riley that was the one that tipped them off. Would they Uber you back? Like at that point, it's their fault at that point for just yeah. letting this guy the with, balls with a jacket you had to just... get in that elevator. For real, bro. I, respect I feel like you. they just. Yeah, I didn't. But see, it it sounds ballsy, right? But I didn't know what I was doing. I thought I was doing the right thing. It it really wasn't until I was past the point of no return that that, that that's when I realized that I <laughs> I was. Do you I have was... the picture? I do. Or, I do. I'll send it or... to you. Love to see that picture. So, yeah, I would wait, love to see that picture. Wait, so the picture. If we if we make a clip out of this, are we allowed to use the picture yeah, no. as one of the? I can't see why not. If I can find okay. it, I can't see why that's, not. Right. That's actually hilarious, bro. You you had the gall to step in an elevator with with prime 2016 unanimous MVP step. I would have been scared shitless. I would have been. I would have been. 
farting out blanks. Just just straight up in there. Going all the way. That would have been terrible. It was a surreal moment. Farting out blanks. Oh, God. <laughs> that whole... That whole All Star weekend was like one of the most wild like times of my Seriously, life. Like all sorts of happened. I saw um, Dan Bilzerian there, and I saw him like push a woman over that he was with, like at the back of Staples Center, and then like get in a helicopter and leave. Like it was like it was just wild times in in life. Like I the other the other <laughs> the other thing that I saw was um. Uh, this is like stuff you don't expect. Just, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, was, no, no, no! Like, like, like it was, it was, it was the most un, like I'm not gonna say unnecessary, but the most random like story detail. Yeah, I saw this guy. He pushes a woman and then gets on a helicopter. Yeah, I was like what? Because she and she was just like crying, and I was like, what, what is L.A.? What is this? Like, she's I, just crying, and all I hear is. Tuka, 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 tuka. <laughs> Really? Did you see Drake? Did you see Drake there at all? Yes. There we go. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. Please don't tell me you got a pick. So there's like a few things. Um, Yeah, I've had like, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see if I can find it here. I might not be able to. Bear in mind, this is 2016, so I don't have like on this phone a lot of stuff. I'm going to have to like track it down a bit. But... um, at the uh, at the All Star event, so he has actually like a private club in the arena. Like I don't know, do, do you guys know that? He's got like a like in Toronto. Yeah, I'm not at the stadium. I know that I know. I, I've Miami heard about have that. like a club behind. Like I know there's a couple of stadiums that have some sort of club yeah. afterwards. He's he's got it like actually at the arena, and I I remember he dropped a glove outside of the window. And it like landed on the ground, and I like, picked it up, and I took it back to him. The drizzy, like it's, yeah. He did he say thank <laughs> you? <laughs> thank you. Yeah, he said thank you. He was polite. I bet he was. He probably offered he you a side of bubbly, didn't like, he? Like, yeah, he's a he's a Canadian he, man. He, he invited there me. There we go. There we go. That's I was like, wow, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Yeah, but it was um. Yeah, you didn't go in. Yeah, that would have been no. A, that that's been a whole a other story. Life. What do you mean? That, I know, I know. So you're telling me you that have... was that's what? what? I can only imagine Drake would have Drake would have had you looking like the best right hand man that you could ask for. He would have introduced you to everybody, all five of his girlfriends, all six of his side pieces, and two of his fiancés. You would have been in there chilling. You would have went over to at least three or four of them and a signed basketball by Drake. Probably the mascot too. I don't. I would have been the same.